0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Monday, January the 30th, 2023, at 1133 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And Jesus. I know that's, that's a mouthful. Today's focus is Mas- Maslow's hierarchy of needs and Jesus. Let me say that one more time. Today's focus is Maslow's hierarchy of needs and Jesus. You may not see a correlation between the hierarchy of needs and Jesus. You may not even know what Maslow's hierarchy of needs is. I, I, I bet most people do. They've heard it talked about at some point in their life. They've seen the, the little diagram, they, they've, they, the pyramid. They've noticed it. They've seen it. They've talked about it. They, they have some connection to it in some way, shape, or form, or at least they've been exposed to it in some way, shape, or form. But what does that have to do with Jesus? Well, before we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and before we look at some scriptures related to really the Christian life, and we can say Jesus, before we do that, let me talk about an ongoing kind of, I guess I, you could call it my hypothesis, you can call it my theory, uh, but I, I'm pretty dogmatic about it. So maybe maybe it used to be a hypothesis and a theory or a thesis, but I'm pretty dogmatic about it now. I believe that there are really two kinds. I think there's three kinds of Christianity. Let's state that. Three kinds of Christianity, right? First, there's the Christianity that the church sells. It's the Christianity that the church promotes. It's the Christian. It's the info commercial version of Christianity. It's the info commercial, right? come to Jesus and you'll get this and this and this and this but wait there's more you come to and so it'll go something like this you come to Jesus and you're gonna get a purpose and you're gonna get identity and you're gonna never be lonely and you're gonna have a friend and you're gonna have a friend that sticks closer than a brother and you're gonna have this and you're gonna have contentment and you're gonna have peace and you're gonna have joy and you're gonna have love and you're gonna have all of this wonderful stuff and your life is going to be so much better than it was come to Jesus and you get all of this and there is more that that is the Christianity that is often sold. It's not come to Jesus so that you can have eternal life and your sins are forgiven. Oh yes, that is mentioned, but it's all these other things. Purpose and this and this and contentment and and and, and you'll be a better this and a better that. It's it's like come to Jesus and you get your best life now. Even though people may reject Osteen and that book. It's still the concept is just kind of built into the evangelical mindset. You come to Jesus to get all of this stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Of course your sins are forgiven. Yes, his righteousness is imputed to you. That that, There is a nod to that. But the focus is in all of these other things. So the first kind of Christianity, I call it the info commercial Christianity. It's what we sell. It's what we promote. Then the second kind of Christianity is what I think I call what we pretend to have, right? It's what the info commercial, but since we called the number and we bought the product, you have to try to convince yourself that it's as good as you as you thought it was going to be, that it's amazing, that it's great. And there's a lot of, I think, Christians pretending, oh, I'm so happy and everything's so wonderful, and I have contentment and I have joy, and it's the Christianity we we think of it this way. we we bought the, the product from the info commercial. Now this is the Christianity we try to convince everyone that we have. This is where the way we talk when we're at church, when we're around other Christians. It's, it's the facade. We pretend that we bought the product and it's better than we could have ever imagined. We have the info commercial Christianity and we have the Christianity we pretend to have. And I'm, I'm I'm sorry, people don't like when I say that, but it's just true because so many times the reality of what's going on in the life of a Christian, what they're really feeling, what they're really thinking, it's Nobody gets to see that. That's hidden. That, that's put somewhere in the closet. And then when we show up to small group, Sunday school or church, it's like, praise God. I'm doing wonderful, doing better than I deserve. God is good. He's good all the time. And all the just little cliches, you know, we've got our bumper stickers ready to just, you know, just say those little cliches whenever we need to say them. So we have the info commercial version of Christianity, we have what we pretend, the pretend of Christianity, and then and then we have the reality. We have the reality. And the reality is usually a million miles away from what we bought in the info commercial. Sometimes the reality is a million miles away from what we pretend. There is pain, there is struggle, there is sin, there is failure, there is shame, there is humiliation. There is um, a lack of peace, anxiety, worry. You just go on and on and on. Basically, all the things that happen in the lives of everyone to some level, it's, it's right there. And, and and sometimes what happens is someone will look around and go, well, wait a minute. This is not what was sold to me. This is not what I pretended to have. And in many cases, it leads people to discouragement, disillusionment. And deconstruction. They will just like, well, then this is just garbage. And they, and sometimes we'll blame, well, Christianity doesn't work. The Bible was a lie. And it's like, no, 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 no. You, you, you were sold something that was never ultimately promised. Now someone will quote a scripture saying, see, 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 but it's promised right here. But is that, is that how we are to really understand it? Remember Christianity. Jesus came to save his people from their sin. The issue Jesus came to ultimately resolve is that we are sinners. God's law is holy. We cannot keep God's law. So Jesus came to keep the law on our behalf, die to pay for our sins, and by faith, his righteousness, his obedience is imputed to me. And so I stand before God perfect and holy, not because I am, but because of an imputed righteousness. That is what Christianity came to, to ultimately resolve is our broken relationship with God because of our sin, because we cannot keep the law. And, and as much as we talk about that, it's amazing how quickly we move past it. And it's like, but, but, you get this, you get this, you get this, you get this. This is you. Basically, you should stop sinning. Basically, you can now say yes to God. Basically, you, you should be happy. Basically, you should never be worried. Basically, you should never be depressed. You, your life should just be the, you know, it, it looks like those people. <laughs> well, what it looks like is if you've ever seen a pharmaceutical commercial. You know, hey, this person has this problem. They took this pill and look at them. They're out water skiing. They're surfing. They're climbing a mountain. Look at how happy. Look at how wonderful they are. Oh, by the way, there's all these horrible side effects that could literally kill you. But but, but, just focus on how wonderful the image is. Well, Christianity does a lot of that. We have the info version. We have what we pretend to have. And then what we have is the reality. And many times the reality is a million miles away from those other things. And it's horrible when you find yourself in that situation because sometimes you're like, what went so wrong? Now, with that in mind, let me read a little bit to you of my, uh, a little bit about Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is a motivational theory in psychology comprising a five-tier model of human needs often depicted as hierarchical levels within a pyramid, From the bottom of the hierarchy upwards, the needs are physiological, food and clothing, safety, job security, love and belonging, uh, love and belonging needs, friendship, esteem, and self-actualization. All right. So those are the physiological food, clothing, safety, job security, love and belonging needs, friendship, esteem, self-actualization. Needs lower down in the hierarchy must be satisfied before individuals can attend to needs higher up. So physiological, again, air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. Safety needs are personal, security, employment, resources, health, property. Love and belonging is friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection. Then esteem, uh, respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. And then self-actualization, desire to become the most that can be. So you start at the bottom with your physiological, and then you move up the hierarchy, the pyramid, to the top. You have to have the first ones met before you can move up. Now, Maslow's hierarchy of needs the, uh, the five-stage model can be divided into, into deficiency needs and growth needs. The first four levels are often referred to as deficiency needs. D needs, the top level is known as growth or be, or being needs, B needs. Deficiency needs arise, and then it goes on to a much greater detail. But if you've ever, you can look up the, you can look up the pyramid, but again, it starts down with these physiological needs. Air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. And then it can go all the way up to like love and belonging, friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection. We all know these needs. Everyone experienced these needs, these desires for these needs to be met. And when these needs are not met, it can lead to serious depression, discouragement, disillusionment. It can lead to lots of emotional issues and it can be majorly problematic. Now you could look at each one of these. You could draw your own conclusions about them. The goal is not to really get into every aspect of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, just to make you familiar with it. Because here's what I was thinking. I don't know what time it was, two, three in the morning. I'm laying there in the dark thinking of Maslow's hierarchy of needs because that's what people do at two or three in the morning laying in the dark. They think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I started thinking about, here's what all of these needs that people have and to any deficiency in them, well, it leads to to some, some problems. It leads to some issues and they have to be met. Um, uh, for, and it says, uh, deficiency needs arise due to deprivation and are said to motivate people when they are unmet. Also, the motivation to fulfill such needs will become stronger and the longer the duration they are denied. For example, the longer a person goes without food, the more hungry they will become. So like if, if you if we go without this, the need will increase. The desire for it will increase, increase, and increase, increase, increase. And the more it's denied, then the more problems that can arise from it. Just a very important concept talked about in lots of different walks of life. I learned uh, about a lot of this. I can't remember what military training I was in, but we learned a lot about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and then the negative consequences of those needs not being met and then all the different things about it. But I started thinking about it early this morning. I think I said last night, early this morning, two or three in the morning is not last night, it's this morning. So early this morning, I started thinking about it in relation to Jesus. Let me explain. Christianity is typically sold back to our info commercial version of Christianity. That if you come to Jesus, basically all of Maslow's hierarchy of needs will be fulfilled either, and it goes either two ways. Jesus is going to make sure you have all of these things, or even if you don't have all of these things, the needs will be met in Jesus himself. So Christianity typically sells this. You take Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Jesus will either ensure all, you get all of those things. And if you don't get all of those things, you will have Jesus. And of course, we know Jesus is enough. Jesus is all we need. If I, all I have is Jesus, I should be happy. I should be content. That's how it's sold. Either Jesus will give you all of this or Jesus himself will be sufficient to sustain you, and to meet all of those needs. Now, that sounds good in theory, and that preaches good, right? Jesus will either give you the things, or he will meet the need in his own supernatural way. And here's some of the texts that may be used to to preach some of these ideas, right? Let's start in Philippians chapter 4. We all know this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. But this seems to give the idea clearly of someone at times whose Maslow's hierarchy of needs are not being met. Yet, he's learned to be content. So in Christ, can is Christ sufficient enough for you and for me to be content without any of those needs being met? Now, we we may preach it as yes, but I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. Let, let's just go with... Friendship, intimacy, family, sense of connection. What, what if no friendship, no intimacy? There's just zero intimacy in your life. No family is blown up. No sense of connection. If you have Jesus, is that sufficient? Like, no, no, no problem. I, I'm content. You, you, you feel no re, uh, feelings of respect, no self-esteem, no recognition, no strength, no freedom. If some of those emotional needs are not being met, is Jesus sufficient for all of those? Can you be content? Now, we, we we preach it like, oh yes, it can happen, but it's easy to preach it. It's another thing to live it. It's another thing to say, okay, all of those things are taken away. I am content. I, why am I content? Because I have Jesus. Now, I would love to preach that that's the way it works, but I think there's a lot of Christians who want that to be the way it works, but I think they find themselves, I'm sorry, you take away certain things. Just go through some of these things, take away some of these things, take away shelter, take away clothing, take away physical intimacy, take away emotional intimacy, take away personal security, take away um, resources, take away health, take away property. Take away respect, self-esteem. Take away some of these things. I think we find ourselves not as content. Now, we may try to claim that we are, but I think we find ourselves going, mm, something, something's not right, and we start getting those feelings, and then we may try to fulfill those things in a way contrary to the way we're supposed to. I mean, come on, right? Or okay, maybe I'm just talking to myself. If you continue to read in Philippians, Uh, chapter 4, verse 19, Paul says this, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, what need is that? Some people preach that the the need that Jesus is going to fulfill, there is all, basically, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. He's going to take care of all of it. Again, this is where you kind of get a conflict within Christianity. Jesus will provide everything, but we've got too many examples of Christians not having everything. So then... Jesus Himself is the thing that will provide what needs. Now I know all my spiritual needs are met in Christ Jesus. I know that much to be a fact. Let's read some other scriptures. Go to the Gospel of John, Gospel of John, chapter four. Jesus talking the the woman at Jacob's well, all right? The the woman from Samaria, right? At the at the at the well. And look at what Jesus says. Jesus, uh, chapter 4, verse 13, referring to the water in the well. He says, uh, Jesus answered and said unto her, whoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. This physical water, you drink of that, you're going to thirst again. But whosoever drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, what does it mean, we'll never thirst now, obviously, it's not referring that if I get Jesus, I'll never thirst for physical water, because we know. So so this thirsting again, I'll never thirst for what? This has to be a thirst, some kind of spiritual thirst that will be fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Right? And that's the only way to understand it. Go to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. John chapter 6, he uh, starts having this discussion about the bread from heaven. And he says something, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, I, uh, John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst again. Once again, Jesus seems to say, if you come to him, you'll never hunger, you'll never thirst. Well, clearly that hunger and thirst can't be referring to physical food. So obviously the physical desire and need will still be there. So either, so how do we understand when Jesus seems to say, you'll never thirst, you'll never hunger again. If you get me, you'll never hunger or thirst again. That has to be referring to some kind of deeper spiritual need. That it's only in Christ that all of my spiritual needs will be met. It's only in Christ that everything spiritually, I am, I am blessed with all spiritual blessings. Everything I need. I have righteousness. I have forgiveness. I have his obedience. All of that's imputed to me so I can stand before God perfect, whole, not lacking anything in Christ Jesus, not, not in my practical life. That, that's that seems to be the only way to understand that. But there's this never-ending debate within Christianity. Either Jesus was going to meet all of your needs, but there's been there's been all kinds of Christians throughout history who who either starved to death, they they died because they had no shelter and they froze to death, or or they died of heat exhaustion, or they were killed by wild animals, or whatever the case. There's all kinds. So those needs were not met. That's just a fact. So we can't say Christianity is a guarantee that Maslow's hierarchy of needs will be met physically because there's clear cases that does not occur. So that means Maslow's hierarchy of needs may not be met physically, but somehow in Christ, we seem to have this idea, we'll never hunger or thirst again, and that we can be content in whatever state we find ourselves. And being content means being content when these needs are not being met. But yet, Paul turns around and says, all your needs will be met in Christ Jesus. So how does that work? He, he clearly explains that there's times those needs will not be met. So exactly how does this work? That's what I want you to focus on today. That, that's that's the today's focus, is I want you to focus on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I want you to try to consider how this works in a practical way in the life of a believer. Because I think sometimes we, we, we sell a Christianity we pretend to Christianity and there's the reality of Christianity. I would like to believe, in theory, that I could say, give me Jesus. Doesn't matter if I have anything else. Doesn't matter if if the entire Maslow's hierarchy of needs is just gone if, if all maybe, maybe all i can get is a little air water and food and maybe that maybe secu- maybe some sense of security maybe but so many of these maybe some of the more emotional needs or physical needs are not are just gone they're never going to happen can i be content with just that can i truly be content with just jesus i want to say yes i want to be able to say absolutely but i think the reality is i i don't i don't know in fact, I think in some ways for that to occur, you would have to get rid of the sinful nature. I know that no matter what, needs are not met according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I know that all my spiritual needs have been met. So do I find my contentment not in the reality of my physical being are the reality of the physical world I find my contentment and what is true spiritually which is I'm seated at the right hand uh, I I'm, I'm in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father I am forgiven I I am I'm declared holy perfect I have eternal life do, do, does my contentment flow from the reality of the spiritual irregardless of the reality of the physical where those needs are not met? I think this is an important discussion. There were times in my Christian life where I felt like, hey, 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 hey. He's going to take care of all of these things. But then you can find yourself in very bad situations in life where you're like, "Mm, "Nope, these needs are not being met. Okay, well then find your contentment in Christ. Okay, exactly how does that work? How can I say, I have Jesus, I will never hunger or thirst again. I have Jesus. I've learned to be content in every state, no matter what, no matter what. I am perfectly one thousand percent content, like that. I'm, I'm, I will never hunger or thirst again, and I'm content, even though I have a seizure disorder causing me massive amounts of problems day in, day out, day in, day out. Falling down, seizure, headaches, all the, all the. Okay, that's good. Well, that, that's. The hierarchy of needs are going to be, they're, it's going to get messed up going through a situation like that. Or cancer, or whatever. You just name the situation. You can just name the situations where you're like, wait a minute, these hierarchy of needs are not being met. See, on one hand, we want to look at the world and go, hey, come to Jesus and everything is good. But we can come to Jesus and things are not necessarily good. When I became a Christian, forget, I mean, so these hierarchy of needs got blown all up. I mean, it wasn't long after becoming a Christian that I no longer even, even had a home to live in. I was, I was, boom, I, I got put out of my home or I could have stayed there and, you know, been abused. So i I, that blew up. There was no ever fixing any kind of relationship with my mom. She dies not long after becoming a believer. I mean, I can go through, I can go all the things that were happening to me soon after becoming a believer. And it was almost like every single one <laughs> of the of of Maslow's hierarchy of needs was being crossed off. It's like, well, let's cross that one off. 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 It's like how many, it's like before long, like just burn the whole pyramid. Now, I didn't. I'm not saying I handled it in a biblical way because we all—if you know my story, we know I did not handle it in a biblical way, right? I didn't. It got worse and worse and worse and worse, and, and I tried to kill myself, and then ended up in a, psychi- a psychological, a, a, a psychiatric hospital for eight weeks. So I definitely know when that Christianity—I thought, oh, Christianity is going to make it all better. That's what I was told see if you get Christianity, you're everything's going to be wonderful, everything's going to be great. Well it got worse and 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 worse. and I still I obviously had not figured out, wait a minute, if I have Jesus, I'll never hunger or thirst again. If I have Jesus, I'll be content in every situation. I didn't understand that that correlation there. Today's focus. Maslow's hierarchy of needs and Jesus. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about these three kinds of Christianity. The one, the info commercial, what we pretend and what we experience. And how do we understand all of this in in relation to John 4? Hey, you'll never thirst again. John 6, you'll never hunger or thirst again. Philippians 4, hey, you'll be, I've learned to be content in whatever state. However, Jesus will meet all your needs. How do we reconcile all of that in the reality that you live and I live? That is your today's focus. Please email me at dot newsif@yahoo.com. newsif@yahoo.com. I would love for this to lead to a great conversation on this Monday, January the 30th, 2023.